1: on am 1420 the answer good morning to you it's the 13th morning of the third month of the year of our lord 2019 thanks again to our guest mark krikorian joining us from the center for immigration studies talking about all of these so how do you feel about that I'll go, i'm going to move on here but briefly how do you feel uh about what we just discussed with mark krikorian i feel somewhat defeated i'm looking for a pick-me-up you know i i, I mean Almost always, whenever we talk about setbacks and caravans and, uh, you know, border rushes and uh, uh, um, uh, how about this one? Another illegal immigrant murder, another terrible, terrible crime by somebody who had no business being in this country. And in fact, who was deported and yet received six detainers or excuse me, had been placed on six detainers against him. But yet was still managing to evade and uh, and not being held and kept so that he could be grabbed and deported again. Let me just let me play the story for you because I'm getting a little bit I'm fumbling over this a little bit, but this is the kind of thing we get frustrated over.
2: Bambi Larson was found stabbed to death in her home. Discarded clothing outside contained her DNA along with the suspects, Carlos Eduardo Arivalo Carranza. Turns out he'd been deported in 2013 and he had a long criminal history. Homeland Security placed six detainer requests on him. This
1: is the part that's so aggravating.
2: In L.A. and Santa Clara counties over the past three years. But ICE and San Jose Police Chief Eddie Garcia says they were not honored.
1: The city of San Jose and our police
3: department has no control over how the county interacts with federal immigration enforcement and deportation of violent or serious felons.
1: But he says they should have the ability to protect their own community. They absolutely should. And this is exactly what we're talking about. When I talk about I feel defeated. I feel, you know, normally I'm the guy who's going to find the next way to... You move forward on this about building the wall, about, um, uh, you know, getting uh, uh, your congressperson. I'll talk to somebody like Jim Jordan and getting them to continue to uh, strive forward to try to end uh, catch and release or end sanctuary city policy and all these things. And I just feel like, you know, it, it's very, maybe I'm just having a bad day. It's very defeating to know that ICE has turned on President Trump and with good reason. They're not seeing any results but the president who backs ice doesn't have anything to do except well look what can i do congress has to change the law congress needs to change our policies i'll sign them when they do that change the catch and release policy that change the what you know what kind of um, circumstances and conditions need to be met before somebody can claim asylum cuz it's leading to that rush at the the northern border Obviously, the invasion at the southern border, more and more people coming here and overstaying visas, knowing it doesn't matter if they get caught. There's a backlog. They're not going to be deported right away. It just encourages more and more of the bad behavior. And I feel like, you know, the president, while he's our best hope, is quite simply not able to handle this any more than anybody else can. I'll still support him. I'll still argue for him. I'll still try to make the case. But what I read from Daniel Horowitz earlier today, when I was talking to Mark Krikorian, that's, that's staggering. What Daniel wrote about was the uselessness of a, of, a, of a border wall if people are trapped on the correct side of the border wall meaning they're specifically on the southern side of our border wall and yet they're just being picked up and brought in through the openings the ports of entry by border security by border patrol and as mark aquerian said that's because of the goofy you know geographical situation here the 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 wall has to be built on american soil not on mexican soil and it's not right up to and touching the border there there's a few feet in some cases or or several feet are going out, of course, into the, the Rio Grande where there is no border wall at all. It is considered on this side of it, it's considered to be American soil. So whether there's a wall there or not, they can say, we are in the United States right now. Arrest us. Come and get us. And then when they're arrested and they're brought in uh, officially through, if, if there's a wall or not, um, they, they're caught and released. So I don't know. I'm just very, very frustrated. And if you've got some solutions, some answers, some uh uh statements that can, you know, I don't know, maybe uh, turn this thing around by all means, dial 216 Meantime, I want to spend some time talking about that bombshell that I brought up earlier uh this morning. It should be a bombshell. It's not being treated as one. This was just uncovered yesterday as documents uh detailing the transcripts Of Lisa Page's closed door testimony to Congress last summer. These documents reel with the testimony, or excuse me, the transcript of the testimony reveal that Lisa Page, the former FBI legal counsel, admitted under questioning by Representative John Ratcliffe of Texas, admitted that it was the Obama Justice Department headed up by the Attorney General Loretta Lynch that ordered the FBI to not charge Hillary Clinton in the email case. James Comey tried to sell it as though there is no way any reasonable prosecutor would charge her or indict her. He tried to say that she did this wrong, this, this, this. Remember, about 20 minutes of things she did wrong illegally, any one of which should have been indictable. And she did all of them and then wrapped it up by stunning the world by saying no reasonable prosecutor would bring charges after he just told us why she should be charged. And he said that was in his judgment. Come to find out, Lisa Page, also of the same FBI, said it wasn't even his call. The Department of Justice ordered the FBI not to charge Hillary Clinton with gross negligence through her mishandling of classified information. The closed-door testimony from July last year, released just yesterday, by Representative Doug Collins of Georgia, included this exchange with Representative Ratcliffe. Ratcliffe says, quote, So let me, if I can, I know I'm testing your memory, but when you say advice you got from the department, you're making it sound like it was the department, and he means DOJ, Department of Justice. You're making it sound like it was the department that told you you're not going to going to charge gross negligence because we're the prosecutors and we're we're telling you that we're not going to. And then Page interrupts. That's correct. And then Ratcliffe finishes. Bring a case based on that. Lisa Page, one of the two paramours, herself and Peter Struck, the lovers, star crossed as though they may have been, had exchanged countless numbers of text messages with one another leading up to the 2016 election expressing their dismay and their disgust for Donald Trump, their support for Hillary Clinton, and pledges and promises that if the unthinkable happens and Donald Trump wins, we will have to move and take steps to essentially end his presidency. All of those text messages have been uh, read into the record and have been entered into the record. You've seen them. I've seen them. Well, here's Lisa Page, one of those disgruntled anti-Trumpers in the FBI, admitting, by the way, that we were ordered by the Obama administration, DOJ, to not charge Hillary Clinton. My friends, I don't know how many different ways you can spell conspiracy or collusion to tip the... Election for the presidency of the United States into one party's camp or the other. I don't think there's any more of a clear example of it. The FBI is acknowledging and admitting that the Obama DOJ demanded that the successor to the Obama presidency, in their mind, Democrat Hillary Clinton, not be charged with crimes that she committed. So yesterday, Representative Ratcliffe from Texas highlighted this exchange on Twitter, tweeting a photograph of the transcript that I just read to you, along with this commentary. Lisa Page confirmed to me under oath that the FBI was ordered by the Obama DOJ to not consider charging Hillary Clinton for gross gross negligence in the uh, handling of classified information. That's just a monster, monster story. Why is that not leading the Today Show this morning? Why is that not leading every cable or network news outlet? Why is it not the lead story on on all of their homepages? That is huge. She confirmed that the DOJ, led by Loretta Lynch, had multiple conversations about charging Clinton with gross negligence, but noted that it would be a rare decision. Quote, they did not feel they could sustain a charge referring to the DOJ, so they ordered the FBI not to make one. Despite Comey sitting there for 20 minutes and explaining exactly how such charges would be appropriate. President Trump reacted to the reports this morning. The just-revealed FBI, this is uh, at 8 o'clock, 8.20 this morning, so a couple of hours ago, the president tweeted, The just-revealed FBI agent Lisa Page transcripts make the Obama Justice Department look exactly like what it was, a broken and corrupt machine. Hopefully justice will finally be served. Much more to come. I can't underscore that enough. Hopefully justice will be served. But I don't know what, what more there is to come. Is the current Department of Justice headed up by A.G. Barr? Is it going to be willing to step up and now, after the fact, reopen an investigation into this allegation, into what Lisa Page admitted to under oath? I think at the very least an investigation is, is, is in order. And if the DOJ doesn't want to conduct it themselves, then it's time for what Jim Jordan has been calling for, 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 you know, two years now, a second special counsel. Investigate why the FBI had this big list of crimes committed by Hillary Clinton, circumventing the rules and procedures for handling classified information, the installation of her own server, the bleach bidding of that server, the destruction of other emails, claiming that the only thing that she uh, uh, destroyed were emails about, what was it, Chelsea's wedding and yoga classes? Yeah, no because countless experts have testified what information she did have on her computer and her server that did indeed get hacked by foreign governments. She should have been tried. She should have been prosecuted. And none of those things happen, all because of the corruption in the Obama DOJ. At the very least, a second special counsel must be appointed here. Then we'll see. If justice is ever actually served, this is a bombshell and I'm sorry for beating this dead horse, but this is massive. And if it's not treated as such on the national stage, then I fear I'm going to be even more depressed today. All hope is lost. I'm going to continue to bang the drum here in Cleveland, Ohio. I do not have the ears of people in Washington, D.C., but this is something that we need to get there by way of our representation on Capitol Hill. You need to make them aware and demand an investigation into this. Very shocking testimony that was given by Lisa Page Under oath. 1020, let's check your traffic once again. And uh, we'll come right back and try to get on a couple of phone calls before the bottom of the hour right here on AM 1420. The The Answer. You know, I'm just trying to bang out during this uh, last break uh, a little Facebook post because I want to share the link to the story that I've been talking about with you. And in summary it goes like this, why is this admission by anti-Trump FBI lawyer Lisa Page not front page news right now? Page admitted in a closed door testimony last year that the Obama DOJ, headed up by A.G. Loretta Lynch, ordered the FBI not to charge Hillary Clinton with her gross negligence in the handling of Class 5 material. Obama and Lynch conspired to interfere with an FBI investigation all to ensure that the Democrat candidate for president would be cleared so that she could win the presidential election and thus continue the Obama legacy. I don't think that's understated at all, or overstated at all, rather. If anything, it's understated. And I want to know why it's not being treated that way. This is kind of a a a blow-the-lid-off-of-a-story type of, of acknowledgement. And Representative Ratcliffe, who posted this yesterday, probably was expecting it to be so. But the media won't touch anything that, that exposes Obama or Hillary or, in this case, Lynch or any of the rest of the Democrats, exposes them for the crimes that they clearly committed. We need a second special counsel. There's just no other way to say it. Ellen is calling us from Rocky River on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks, Ellen. Go right ahead.
2: Hey, good morning, Bob. Um, I, too, am horrified that there was no uh, true coverage on this. I guess, aside from the obvious, that we know that there was a concerted effort by the intelligence agencies, the DOJ, the FBI, to influence an election. That's, that's horrific. But I think it's, the, the worst of it is, suppose, if you will, uh, Donald Trump had not been elected. We would never have had any idea what was going on. So the implications to that to me are chilling. In other words, you could easily have had for centuries to come, purportedly non-political agencies, uh, intelligence communities, DOJ, FBI, um, IRS, Homeland mm. Security, determine just who would be elected to public office. And that would have rendered our vote absolutely meaningless. And one last thing, this Mm -hmm. goes all the way to the Oval Office. Loretta Lynch took her marching orders from Obama, and there is no doubt about that. The meeting on the tarmac between her and Bill Clinton was clearly not a coincidence. That doesn't pass the lab test.
1: That, you know, Ellen, spot on. Every single word of your analysis analysis there is accurate. It does come from President Obama. Uh, it did, did go through Loretta Lynch, like you said, who sat there and met with the husband of the subject of a federal investigation in private with no oversight, no press, nothing, and claim we were talking about grandkids and soccer practices or something stupid like that. I mean, they have to think we are that stupid. J.D. and Medina next. Hi, J.D., go ahead.
4: Hey, Bob, the last Republican that we had to stand up to this opposing political windbag was Lindsey Graham. He he pointed his finger at the camera. He gritted his teeth, the hair on the back of his neck, stood up, and he made his case when he defended Kavanaugh. We need three or four Republicans to do exactly that, because these guys that are stealing this, uh, anything that comes out of their mouth. They get away with it. It's like the bully on the playground. you got to stop them in their tracks. Otherwise, they keep doing it. They walk all over you.
5: And I'll tell you one
4: final thing. If I got elected, I'll tell you who, exactly who I'd go to. I'd go to Anthony Gonzalez,
5: Jim Jordan,
4: and Matt Gates. And the four of us would be the, like the, uh, uh, a WWF tag team down there and point our fingers at the camera and give so much back-in-your-face type of presentations, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. I'm all worked up about it. No, I'm
1: with you, JD, and I'm with, I, I appreciate your passion, and I agree with you. By the way, I don't know about Anthony Gonzalez yet. I don't know if he's cut from that particular cloth. I like him a lot. I just talked to him last week. I don't know if he's Freedom Caucus uh, centered or not. It's something I'm going to ask him the next time we talk to see if he'll consider joining the Freedom Caucus with uh, Jordan and Meadows and Gates and some of the other ones. But, uh, but I'm with you. I, I agree. There needs to be more passionate defense of A, the Constitution, and B, by extension, the president, who now we are learning was indeed intentionally politically harassed by, uh, the, the left and the Obama Department of Justice. It is that serious. Thank you so much for that great phone call. If you're still on hold, stay there. I'm coming to you, coming to you, but I'm also going to welcome our friend, Sergeant Andy Ezzo, who's going to be joining us next. Ezzo, who's going to be joining us next right here on AM 1420. Rolling right along 36 after the hour, which means 24 before the hour. 24 minutes of outstanding awesome left for you. I'll get back to your phone calls as quickly as I can at 216 901 or 888-281-1110. But I want to welcome to the program now gentlemen that I've been corresponding with really for over a year. It was over a year ago that Sergeant Andy Ezzo contacted me and asked me if I would be free to help them celebrate heroes. It's a salute to the heroes. Last year, it was the uh, 17th annual Salute to the Heroes benefit. I was not unable to join them. He got back to me this year and said, Bob, it's our last chance. It's the last annual Salute to the Heroes benefit or Salute to Heroes benefit from the Greater Cleveland Police Scholarship Fund. Can you please come out with us? And uh, I worked it uh, very, very diligently on my end on the schedule to make sure that I was available. And uh, lo and behold, three weeks from now, roughly three weeks from now anyway, on April 6th, I will indeed be in attendance at this uh, wonderful event. And uh, Sergeant Ezzo is here to tell us all about it. Sergeant, good to have you on the program. How are you? Good, sir.
3: Great, and thanks for having me, Bob. I really appreciate it
1: a pleasure to have you. You know, I have put every vowel at the end of your last name, uh, other than, uh, I've, I've called you Ezzy, I've called you Ezza, and I finally called you Ezo. So my, my apologies for that. I think I messed it up even before you came on. Uh, but, uh, but you, you're a workhorse in this, man. You, you are very diligent and very persistent. And I'm so glad you did not forget about our conversation last year when I was unable to attend and you reached out again this year. Uh, this is, uh, this is a very passionate uh, cause for you, the scholarship fund and the salute to heroes
3: oh it is and you know uh you know this year is going to be our last year actually i've been doing the fun for over 20 years now uh, this will be our last option as well as this is going to be our last motorcycle rally and it's kind of a bittersweet feeling uh, it, it's nice i'm going to be retiring however I, I will miss you know everything that we've done over the last 20 years
1: Tell me why uh this is this is going to end uh, and you're retiring um you know is this not something that can be passed on to somebody else to kind of take up and uh and, you know and attack it with the same fervor that you have to try to get more and more you know supporters for it
4: Well just like
3: some of the things that you mentioned number 1 you have to have a passion for it that's yes. the first thing because people don't understand how much work is involved in each event you do and now you know we do these are our two main events however we get offers to do some other events throughout the year they are much smaller. They don't take as much work. However, this is its just a lot of work. I literally start probably the day or two days after the event is over just to get prepared for the following year.
1: You know, I believe that, um, and and I've, you know, again, you and I have interacted. I know how tough this has to be for you, and you want to make this a, ma- a massive event. That's why I want to, I want to support it in in whatever way that I can. In addition to being there uh, to help you with the event, I want to get as many people there as possible. So, uh, let, before we start talking about how people can get tickets or tables or sponsorships for this very important event, especially since it's the last one, tell me about the genesis. Tell me about the start of the Greater Cleveland Police Scholarship Fund. What's this for?
3: Well, in 1998, um, Officer Robert Clark was killed in the line of duty. And at the time, I was on the, the CPPA union board. And so we organized a little softball tournament, and the funds from the tournament went directly to the family. Well, I saw an opportunity to actually put this fund together, the Greater Cleveland Police Scholarship Fund. And the reason we did, we two reasons. One, we can provide monetary support to the widows. And number two, since, you know, nobody dies in the line of duty, which is our always hope, Mm -hmm. uh, we were able to give away college scholarships to policemen's kids. So, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, over the 21 years, we've had eight total policemen that we memorialized that were killed in the line of duty. And uh, during that time period, uh, we have given over $68,000 to the widows, and um, we've also given away over a quarter million dollars in scholarships. And one other thing that we do is in 2002, I want to say it was, uh, the Akron Police Department put together a police memorial in front of their department that has an internal flame. And every year since then, we've been given uh, Akron Memorial Society $2,500 a year to keep the flame lit. Wow. So all of these things together, it, it's it's just uh, been you know a fantastic opportunity. But most importantly, what we see and what, really um, is, is great to our heart is we see the community outreach, the people that really come out to these events.
1: Sergeant Andy Ezzo is our guest. He, uh, he kind of runs and drives this Greater Cleveland Police Scholarship Fund and this wonderful event coming up on Saturday, April 6th. This event is the 18th, as he said, and final uh, annual Salute to Heroes benefit and dinner auction. Now, you're looking for people to support this in a number of ways. You're looking for sponsors uh, who can maybe donate to help increase the scholarship awards, but also people to come out and honor the heroes, to come out and have a great dinner, uh, you know, participate in the auction uh uh you know share conversation and uh uh and and some camaraderie with uh you know fellow officers or families or just people like me i'm um, neither who support uh law enforcement uh, tell us how people can do all of the above andy
3: well first of all bob the reason i wanted you there is because i know you're a, a huge supporter of law enforcement so uh that's great for us and um in order to get to the event, it's uh, $800 for a table at 10 or $85 per person. You can go to uh, org and order tickets. It's a very, very fun evening. Uh, we actually do a live auction auction with a uh, live auctioneer, professional auctioneer, where we auction off all kinds of things from sports memorabilia to uh, we have condos in Florida, um airline tickets, I mean, you name it, we have all kinds of things. And uh, so far over the last uh, 17 years, we always end up with, you know, between two and 300 people. We've had some uh, great guest speakers, and uh, things have been good. And I hope to see as many people as we can.
1: Yeah, I do too, and uh, and I want people to realize not just, again, uh, like we said about tickets. Maybe you can. Maybe you can't come to the dinner and auction. Maybe you can or can't get a table of ten put together, but if you are just somebody who wants to support, especially if you're a business owner listening to us today and you support law enforcement like I do and the memories of these fallen officers like we all do, if you can sponsor uh, and donate some money to the event to try to uh, help the scholarship fund, uh, please uh, also go to that website and contact Andy Ezzo, the uh, sergeant in charge of all of this become a valued sponsor or as uh, and I, I really hope to see a lot of uh, friends there you know if you listen to this program if you're a sponsor of this program if you're just a you know a caller or a regular listener come on out and see us come on out and meet me and shake the hands of some of these great heroes who are doing such great work uh it's april 6th uh coming up here in about three weeks the salute to heroes benefit where is it again uh, sergeant tell everybody where, where where they have to go
3: well, it's at the Weston, downtown Cleveland, right at seven seven, seven Saint Clair. Fantastic hotel and, and again it's really, really a great night.
1: And and to get there, they have to go to Cleveland dot org. Did they have to put the word greater in there, or is it just Cleveland Police Scholarship?
3: It's Cleveland it's greater I'm sorry, it's Police dot org. And Got it. not only can you get your tickets, you could also get a room for the evening at a special price uh, from the Weston.
1: A really, really great price, too, by the way, because uh, the sergeant told me about that. So there's really great opportunities because there's uh, obviously the uh, dinner and the auction, but then there's a social hour before that and a social period after that. And obviously you want to be safe, so if you prefer to stay downtown, there's a great rate on a great room at the Westin, uh that uh, that we are aware of as well. So make sure that you uh, get on board early and uh, and secure your spot and secure your room. Uh, if that's what you would like to do. So I really hope to see everyone there. Uh, go ahead and, uh, and contact Sergeant Ezzo by going to clevelandpolicescholarship.org and make your plans to be with us for the 18th and final, um, salute to heroes benefit. And by the way, we should also point out, um, the, the rally. I know it's a little early because it's not until July, but this will be your last motorcycle rally too. You said, right? On Sunday, July 28th. Sunday, July 28th. It's going to be our 20th, 20th
3: annual motorcycle rally. And the last one, and again, a, a sweet day for us.
1: Yeah, I can completely understand that. Two very important and worthy events of your attention. Obviously, the one upcoming is the one we want you to focus on now. If you can sponsor or buy tickets for yourself, your family, uh, a table of ten, some coworkers, whatever you can do, please make it happen. Go to Cleveland Police Scholarship Scholarship org for all the information on that. Sergeant Andy Ezzo, thanks so much for reaching out to me. Thanks for coming on the air here today, and I look forward to seeing you and everyone else at this great event on April 6th.
3: And thanks for everything, Bob, and uh, we look forward to seeing you as well.
1: Thank you so much, uh, Sergeant. It'll be my pleasure, absolutely. Alright, it's 1045. We'll get a couple of phone calls in here before we check our traffic and bring you our final segment of the day. I really I look, you know, We ask you for a lot of things from time to time. There's a lot of great causes that need our support, right? There's none, in my view, more important. There may be some that you consider as important, but none more important than protecting those who protect us, right? Saluting those who protect us. And the way we help protect them and their family is through fundraisers like this. Obviously, the widows of fallen officers, as he said, uh, the, the children of fallen officers with scholarship funds, which they have then expanded to worthy high school seniors as well, uh, because we certainly hope there are no more children of fallen officers. We hope there are, hope there are no more fallen officers, uh, that we have to take care of their families for. Uh, so they've expanded that out as well. It's just such a great cause. I cannot underscore that enough. So please, Please come out and see us. I would love uh, to get a commitment of people. Uh, I don't know how many seats he has left, uh, but please find out and let's try to overstuff the weston on April sixth. That would be fantastic. Donnie is in uh, Euclid. You're on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Hi, Donnie. Go ahead.
5: Good, good morning, Bob. Excellent, excellent calls that you, uh, you you had there. I just wanted to say one thing. One of the things that we have to really uh, understand. And I know that there's a lot of things that, that uh, President Trump does that we may have some disagreement, but we have to always remember he is right now, he is stuck with a, with a Congress that is populated by, by and led by a woman who claims to identify with people from the mean streets of Brooklyn, the Bronx, et cetera. And yet when you, when you listen to her and her train of thought, it reminds you of a 14-year-old bubblehead from the O.C. in SoCal. And then you have this disgusting individual from Minnesota and this other disgusting individual from Michigan. And when, one of the things we have to realize is that until we vote in people other than the ones that are in the majority of Congress now who would have a celebration if the ground opened up and swallowed the Trump family in its entirety, the likes of which you saw in New York after they passed that, that that infanticide bill, it's going to be this way.
1: You know what? You're absolutely right. Uh, it is, and and he does have to deal with all of the above. And you're right; they would celebrate if uh, you know if the Trump family was completely wiped out in one fell swoop. And that is something we do have to acknowledge. That doesn't give the president a pass on everything for every reason. If he makes mistakes, he needs to be held accountable for them, in large part because it will make him better because of it. So he does need to hear that. He is not infallible, and that is important to do. But, yes, you're 100% right about that, that he's dealing with a party, the party of death. That's why I call them pods. Um, that are absolutely so far outside of the mainstream of America that it's going to be very, very hard for him to negotiate with them. This is why the first two years of the president's term were so important. Yes, he had obstacles in the form of Paul Ryan and and Kevin McCarthy and a lot of the uh, establishment rhino Republicans. Uh, yes, there's no doubt about that. But that's why you have to get while the getting is good. When you have both houses of Congress, even though you're not getting all of the cooperation you need, there has to be an ability to make deals then to get the things that we knew we could not get done with the Democrats in power. And I think there was just a, I think there was a hope that was unrealistic that a lot of people had, and maybe even the President had, that his coattails would last two years, that his victory and his success in his first two years would lead... The American people to saying, let's keep the Republicans in power in Congress and not uh, let the Democrats take over the House. They tried. He, he did everything he could. He went to rally after rally after rally in city and community and district after city and community and district trying to rally Republicans so that they could win and would win. And he had some success. But I think it was unrealistic to think that they weren't going to take over. History says the minority party that is not in the White House takes a bunch of seats in the first midterm election. That's just the way that it is. And I think there was a bit of a, yeah, but that won't happen this time. Because the president has got everything going in such great uh, directions that uh, the Republicans will be rewarded you uh, know, in uh, in, uh, in kind at election time, and it just wasn't realistic. So I think they tried to kick the can down the road one too many times on a lot of these very important issues, and now uh, here it is, sitting in the yard, and you can't kick it anywhere anymore because the Democrats have the House, and now we have to say the president can't get anything done. And there is some truth to that, and it's unfortunate. But that's where we are. The president's got two years left to try to uh, either make some headway in negotiating with these people or just dodging impeachment. Which, of course, was the word of the day on Capitol Hill yesterday. All right, let me come back with one final segment after this. Try to squeeze in another call or two. If you want to get in line, go ahead. If not, I've got some really good audio I think you're going to enjoy as well. Right here on AM 1420. Advice. 10.54, final segment of the broadcast is a short one. This just in, according to uh, my producer, Jim Lucio. Canfield schools uh, on lockdown right now. Reports of shots fired. Uh, do we know if it's a gym? Any details in the building or just in the vicinity? Or uh, do we have fired nearby? So it may not be in the school building. So we cannot report that there is an active shooter uh, at this particular time. Just shots fired uh, near Canfield. And, um, Uh, the school is on lockdown. So thank you for that heads up. Of course, we'll give you the rest of that uh, information as it becomes available in our top and bottom of the hour newscasts. All right, uh, I do have some great audio I wanted to play for you, but I told you I'd take calls, too. And Navy Man Norm is standing by. I don't want to miss Navy Man Norm. How are you doing good, sir?
6: I'm doing fine, Bob. Uh, Two good things. So you mentioned Anthony Gonzalez. I had recently written him a letter, and the letter I got back was unbelievable. He hit every point. It was one of these uh, wasn't one of the typical form letters you get from uh, his predecessor or from uh, Sherrod Brown. And uh, unknown to most people, uh, Anthony so- Anthony Gonzalez uh, does not take a salary. He donates his congressional salary uh, to uh, the victims of sex trafficking and rape. So that's I did not there. even
1: know that. I, you know what? Thank you, Nora. I did not know that. I just had him on the air on Friday, and I did not bring that up with him. But I'm glad to know it. So the next time I talk to him, I will.
6: Yeah, so I thought I'd give you a little bit of good news, but even better news, I don't know if you got my email, yesterday the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals voted 11 to 6 to
4: uphold
6: Ohio's defund plant holocausthood law, so I am so happy and ecstatic, now the only place it can go from there is to the Supreme Court, so we'll see if plant holocausthood appeals it, but I am so Oh, you know they will.
1: You know they will. They they're not satisfied just you know slaughtering babies. They want to be paid handsomely with your tax dollars to do it. Uh, yeah. And uh, and and yeah, I did see that note. It's in the news, and I did not uh neglected to mention that today, and I apologize for that. So I'm glad you brought it up again. But yes, that is great news. The appeals court doing the right thing there, and and yeah, it's going to go all the way to the Supreme Court. But I'm so glad to know that uh, you know we are prevailing at uh, some of the lower court levels.
6: I am, I'm I'm ecstatic about this because if it is upheld, then it could have a ripple effect across the country with all the other states that have uh, voted a defund plan uh, Holocaust to it
1: yeah that's that's exactly what our hope is. no Ohio tag you know obviously our goal here has been of course to defund it from the federal tax dollars as well at the national uh at the national level but uh uh to like you said you know it every every fire is started with a spark, and if maybe in the state of Ohio we win this thing uh all the way up to the Supreme Court, you're right maybe that uh that uh, emboldens Navy man, Nor- oh, looks. I heard a click there. I wasn't sure if I had lost his call or not. Apparently I did, and that's okay. A great point, by the way. Like he said, the Sixth Circuit Federal Court overturned a lower court ruling that declared that the 2016 law... Uh- Receiving public funds to perform abortions. Huge news, and I certainly hope. Not only does that save, Ohio, as Norm mentioned, it saves Ohioans millions of dollars, but more importantly, it saves Ohio lives, meaning future lives. Uh, the unborn that would be butchered uh, by Planned Parenthood on our dime. I said I have an interesting audio, and I want to give this to you now. I didn't touch the college scandal uh, earlier today, but I'm just going to say this. If you don't know the details, just generally, massive... Scandal involving admissions fraud, uh, bribery, test fraud, and so on and so forth to get the uh, children of wealthy, sometimes famous people, into elite colleges. Felicity Huffman, TV star, uh, also Lori Laughlin TV star, are among those who were caught up in this yesterday. One was arrested. The other has a warrant out for arrest. She's going to turn herself in today. I bring that up to give you this. Flint. Becky from the whole house show, right? Olivia Jude Giannu describing her attitude toward the college that her mother bribed her uh, admission into.
3: I don't know how much of school I'm going to attend, but I'm going to go in and talk to my deans and everyone and hope that I can try and balance it all. Um, But I do want the experience of like
2: game days, partying. I don't really care about school, as you guys all know.
1: (laughs) I don't know how much school I'm going to attend, but I like game days and partying. Yes, that's what her mother bribed her way into. Enjoy that one as we uh, say good day. Stay where you are. Mike Gallagher's coming up next on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Bye-bye.
6: Enjoy the silence.